Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Executive at BrightPath. And in this episode, our 160th, I want to talk about our origin story. I want to talk about how BrightPath got started back in 2014. And I want to set the stage for this because in 2014, I was in year 21 working for a Fortune 30 corporation. I was a successful crisis management and business continuity leader. Um, I was leading a program that had global scope and scale. I had a large and talented uh, team of about 42 folks uh, in two countries that I would say was the envy of the industry at the time. And I was managing, among other things, uh, on my crisis management team, two global security operations centers that were widely perceived as the best in class in our industry. And to understand what drove me to make this risky decision, I got to go back to really the beginning of the story. And the beginning of the story is in the early 90s. I grew up in, in West Central Indiana in very rural Indiana, and I started my career there in law enforcement. And after a couple of years, I joined the company I would stay with for 21 years, a large Fortune 30 retailer uh, in loss prevention. And I spent 11 years in assignments with progressive levels of responsibility, mostly in the Midwest and the Northeastern United States. And I was really focused on keeping my team safe and our product in the stores for customers to purchase. By the time we get to September 11th, 2001, which is a significant career pivot time for me, I didn't recognize that for what it was at the time. In my role, in my role at the time, we had always had a focus on keeping the team and our customers safe when they're in our stores and facilities, but we never really focused on anything that actually looked like crisis management. 9-11 forced us to start thinking about how do we do this on a large scale and tactically on a small scale as our roles began to pivot within the organization. At the time of the attacks, I was leading most of New England from a security perspective for my employer. We had learned the following year in mid-2002 that the first post-9-11 political convention would be held in downtown Boston. This became the 2004 Democratic National Convention, or DNC. Planning for that event would consume a large portion of the next two years for my team and I, as large portions of the city of Boston and the surrounding communities had to be shut down due to the security concerns of the week of the convention. And at the time, my employer didn't really have a crisis management team or any sort of a crisis program. And although we were strongly supported by friends at headquarters, the planning and the execution to protect my stores really fell on my team. It wasn't long after the convention wrapped up that I was invited to come to headquarters in Minneapolis and St. Paul, where I live now, as a part of a newly established crisis management team for my employer. I'd spent just over a year in that job starting in 2005. I helped build the organization's first global security operations center, and I led the company's efforts to respond to Hurricane Katrina before moving into a few new leadership roles over the next two and a half years. I worked on other things, basically. Despite only a year in the role, I found I loved the work, developing plans and capabilities, helping business units improve their resilience, and assisting teams in far-flung locations. Uh, work through some really challenging location, uh, really challenging situations rather. That was my bread and butter. I got to spend 2006 through 2009 really working on some fun and difficult problems, but I found myself missing the chance to deal with significant disruptions and crisis situations. In 2009, as the H1N1 pandemic began to impact the world, I was promoted 
uh, back into crisis management. It was a new role to lead my employer's global crisis management team. And I was given the challenge to enhance our capabilities for crisis management and business continuity, intelligence and security operations. And I set about that task with a pretty talented leadership team. Over the next couple of years, we built a second global security operations center in India, a new team for global intelligence, and we grew our capabilities for continuity, crisis management, and centralized security operations. I found the role incredibly difficult but also incredibly rewarding. I found I enjoyed being in the middle of a crisis and helping our team and individual team members in some of their worst professional and personal situations. I was surrounded by others who thrived doing that kind of work. And together we were able to accomplish a great many goals that we set out for the organization. By 2014, I had spent 20 years at the retailer and I was wrapping up my MBA at the University of Minnesota's Carlson School of Management. I'd also found myself at a transition point. I had a new leader that wanted to take the team and capabilities into directions I didn't agree with, and I was mentally ready for a new challenge. A few days before graduating with my MBA, I resigned my position and started BrightPath. I'll admit now, eight years in, that I really didn't know what I was doing. My positioning for BrightPath was all over the place, rather than being as focused as we are today on our practice domains of crisis management, business continuity, and crisis communications. Just a few weeks after launching BrightPath, I was having a drink with a former colleague who asked me what my intentions were. I said, well, I want to rebuild the team of great folks that we loved working with and make that the core of a new company. Essentially, I wanted to get the band back together. And in a lot of ways, that's what we've been able to achieve here at BrightPath. We built a team of folks that are fun to work with, who are the absolute experts in the things that we do. And we have a culture and a set of core values that we all enjoy being a part of at work. My goal in building BrightPath with the team we have today was to create an atmosphere where folks came to work happy and could work in an environment that was set up to allow them to achieve their very best work. I wanted to have a job that I look forward to coming to work every day and working collaboratively with the team on challenging problems. And I think we've been able to achieve that here at BrightPath. A big part of what has helped made us successful was establishing a set of core values as a team that we all helped develop. Our core values really reflect the team that we have built and our aspirations for the kind of company that we're all a part of here at BrightPath. We state in our we state that about our core values that we act and think according to these values, and I firmly believe that to be true. They're the cornerstones of the unique culture that we've built here. As a team, we've also taken the time to lay out very clearly how we work, specifically documenting the philosophies around how we approach our work our rules of engagement with each other, and our expectations. For example, in our How We Work document, it begins with this statement, that we have high standards and expectations of our organization and of our team. We acknowledge that having high standards and expectations of our company and of our team is a challenge, but as one, it is one that attracts and motivates members of our team to our organization. The quality of our team is as high as can be expected. Our team has high expectations of each other, and we endeavor to hold each other to those expectations. As BrightPath CEO, I expect my team to challenge me when I don't meet those expectations, and I'm gratified that we've been able to create a culture where doing so is not only acceptable, but encouraged. Here at BrightPath, your career doesn't depend on some bullshit coffee status meeting that you did or didn't have with somebody whose role doesn't even intersect with the work your team does. We've worked hard to create a culture that attracts a team 
that represents the core values of our organization, that's committed to working differently, and are generally fun folks to be around. Brightpath turned eight in May of 2022, just a few months ago, and I still get up every single day excited about the challenges ahead and the opportunity to work with each member of our team. I'm fulfilled by their professional growth and our work to help our clients navigate their resilience journeys. And I can't wait to see what the next eight years holds for Brightpath. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be well.